Good afternoon, folk, and welcome to Looking Up for 2021. Great to have you here from wherever you are listening from. My name is Danny Malenkov, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sharissa Tarosian, and her dear husband. He's here in the studio <laughs> here back. with us. Yes, you are back. Good to have you, Justin. Thanks. Good to be here. Um, yeah, we lovely to... have a to... special, special guest. Oh, he, I'm sure he's <laughs> very, very special. Very, very special. So, um, yeah, it's great to be back. We've had a, a little... A little time away and uh, we are back for a new season of looking up so i hope and pray that you have had a blessed christmas and a new year with your family hopefully you managed to get to see your family i managed to sneak across the border into queensland just before all the chaos and the drama started <laughs> nice. here in new south wales <laughs> how was it for you guys well, we had high hopes of getting across a border to another state to visit with my family in Queensland, but that didn't happen. And we actually, had COVID not happened, we would have been in America with Justin's mm. parents because um, his dad had a very significant birthday. Yeah, it was his 70th birthday. Oh, wow, yeah. 70th. So we ended up doing all of that online, but my family from Sydney could come up and join us, which For was Christmas. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. And um, yeah, so yeah, it was, I guess, you know, who would have thought? Who would have thought around Christmas time, yeah. even New Year's Eve, borders were closing, people were scrambling back yeah. to Victoria. Mm. And um, so there was a lot of uncertainty. And I guess really, that's the kind of world we live in. You mm. know, we live that's in a true. world that um, is is like this this morning and by the afternoon it's a very different world right. and, and you know our plans get tipped upside down and and so we thank God that here on looking up we are able to take a look at what's going on in the world through a biblical perspective and if there's one thing that doesn't change and that is solid and that's the word of God amen, amen. that's right the promises of God in particular the prophecies of God so so looking up in case you're joining us for the first time uh, we want to welcome you uh, you're not familiar with this program looking up it's taking a look at what's going on in the world from a biblical perspective as well as unpacking the all-important prophecies of the Bible and this year we're going to begin by taking a look at the book of Daniel. We're going to be journeying through the book of Daniel chapter by chapter. So we're going to be doing that each week. Uh, this week we are starting off in chapter one, uh, but we're going to be doing a little bit of um, a review of 2020, taking a look at what's been happening in the news in 2021 as that relates to Bible prophecy. So sit back and I hope and pray that you will be able to join us for the entirety of this program. I'm going to give you some more details after uh, this song coming up on how you can contact us and ask questions and share your comments. But in the meantime, sit back and enjoy Marletta Fong, Stand By Me. <laughs> Stand by me 
他姓名 ，like a ship out on the sea. Thou who rulest wind and water, stand by me. You enjoyed that beautiful song from Malita. You are on Faith FM, looking up for this first Wednesday afternoon of 2021. Want to welcome each and every one of you once again here, and you're with Danny, Sharissa, and Justin. And so, if you want to get in touch with us this afternoon, you've got a question, you've got a comment that you're dying to ask or to share. Feel free to do that. We would love to hear from you. I'll give you the phone number. You can call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. That's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Or you can text us your comment or question on o four nine one o six four double six nine. I'll repeat that o four nine one o six four double six nine. So I would love to hear from you. Well, Sharissa, it's.、Uh, It's been an epic year. It has 2020. Now you haven't been around for all that long,、um, <laughs> but have you experienced a year in your lifetime like 2020? No, I don't think I don't think anybody has.、Um, yeah, what a year! Everything changed that we thought we had planned. All plans went out the window. And if there's anything we learned about 2020 or About 2021. If we can learn anything for 2021 from 2020, is we can't really plan ahead too far. Absolutely, things keep changing. They do. They do. I mean, 
2020 was such a crazy year yeah. that I was invited to go on radio. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how crazy it was. I mean, and who then it got even crazier. I joined you. <laughs> you joined me. And... Um, and um, yeah, crazier still. We've got like your husband here now, Justin. Justin, <laughs> yeah, what do you make of all? <laughs> <laughs> and um, Justin, great to have you, by the way. And um, yeah, oh, thanks. I was in- going to say, you know, if if I'm going to be a special guest, uh, as long as the US is in the news, I'll be here for life. You know, <laughs> you're going to be here for life. Well, look, we counted a privilege to have like Justin. Here's our special correspondent here on the ground at Faith <laughs> FM, looking up all the way from the US, and uh, so. Yeah. What do you make of 2020? Mm. Man, in what category? Politically, uh, health-wise, the, the media, on a personal level. There's so many different angles where we could talk about 2020. And we will talk about some of them as we reflect and review. Mm. Mm. Yeah, awesome. I would say, um, personally, just looking at the year, we were at a, a New Year's gathering with just a handful of our friends and reflecting on <clears throat> some of the blessings of the year. And... I think that while COVID, I believe, was an attack from the devil to try to ruin as many lives as possible, I definitely see looking back in in our area here in the Newcastle area, in our local church at Hamilton and our personal lives, how God has turned it around to be a blessing. Mm. You know, a lot of people ended up coming to church for the first time. And uh, we have a friend named Peter who was baptized. Yeah, faith FM that. was actually part of his, his faith journey. And, uh, you know, he had had s- some books on his shelf for, for 10 years or six years. Four years ago, he picked them up, prompted at a, through a difficult time he was in. He started reading them and he was just amazed at the beautiful truths he found in them. Uh, the, the, the Desire of Ages, the book, The Great Controversy, which we've talked mm-hmm. about here on this program. But the beautiful thing was, Looking at what was happening in the world, he realized, wow, this is another sign of the times that Jesus is coming soon. And uh, he called me. He reached out. And uh, interestingly enough, he he told me when we met face to face, uh, he said, you know, if you hadn't answered your phone, I was ready to call Pastor Lyle Southwell (laughs) from Faith FM. And if not him, I would have called uh, Etienne down from 3ABN Radio. Uh, and so he was, you know, he'd been blessed by these different ministries and had been drawn to a, a faith in Christ. And um, it was just beautiful to see him give his life completely to Jesus in baptism this past October. And I asked him, I said, Peter, if it wasn't for COVID, do you think you would have come when you did? And he said, probably not. Mm. I probably wouldn't have come into the church when I did if it wasn't for what was happening in the world and the sign that I saw, you know, through COVID. And so while the devil has meant it for evil, God has turned it around for good in many, many cases. Mm. Sounds like the words from Joseph. You know, that he said to his brothers, yeah, uh, what right. you intended for evil, God has brought a blessing. And he saved not only his own family, but he saved all of Egypt and, and I guess the then known world. That's right. And it reminds me of Romans eight twenty eight, mm-hmm. one yes. of my favorite scriptures, you know, for all things that God allows or God permits work together for good for those who love him and those mm-hmm. who are called according, according to his purpose. purpose. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it's just awesome to know for me, I go to bed at night at peace, I wake up in the morning at peace, knowing that God is sovereign, He is in control. Mm, and though great. this world looked like though this world looks like it's um, you know more and more out of control, spiraling more and more out of control, uh, the more this world is out of control, the more I'm encouraged to draw nearer to Jesus, mm. who is in full control. Yes, you absolutely. know, and um, so it's interesting that you shared um, Peter. You mm. know, this trigger COVID was a trigger to to draw him to Jesus. You know, go back twenty years. Mm. You know, 
9-11, you know, 2001. This year's going to be the 20th anniversary wow. of 9-11. Can mm. you imagine? Like, you know, the time's yeah, just time flown by. Flown, yeah. And so much has happened in those two decades. And I remember I was in Hamilton at the time. I was pastoring in Hamilton. That's uh, in the North New Zealand hmm. area, just south of Auckland there, where I was in New Zealand for six years. And anyway, if there are any Kiwis out there, <laughs> oh, New Zealand really is, it's an amazing place to live. Have you guys ever been to New Zealand? Not yet. Oh, you've got to But go. we love to hike as and camp. As soon as we so. can, yeah. As soon as yeah, you can, yeah. Um, not sure if they allow Americans. But, um, <laughs> but seeing I've your... been quarantining here for two years, so I should be good. <laughs> you should be okay. No, I mean, no, great place there. And um, people are just so friendly. And uh, yeah, the pace of life is a lot slower. Anyway, this guy was, um, yeah, he, he came. He came to church. I'd never seen him. And I'm like, you know, what are you doing here? And and. Well, I didn't quite say it that way. You know, what are you doing here? I'm always happy to see whoever comes, you know. But um, uh, he, he introduced himself to me as someone who had been walking with Jesus. He'd been a, a committed Seventh-day Adventist Christian um, since, since his birth. But he'd wandered away during his teenage or, you know, in his 20s and so forth. And he'd, and, he'd, and he'd said to himself, if he begins to see Bible prophecy, the things that he's been taught, the things that he's learnt, if he starts seeing some of these things come to pass, he's going to come back to the mm. Lord. And, um, you know, it's not kind of what you want to be doing, making yeah. those kind of deals, because we don't know from one day to the next what's going to happen. That's we right. may not live mm. to see that event that we, that, that we believe will be the trigger for us. But anyway, September 11 took place, and he realized it wasn't a coincidence that this event happened in the United States mm. because the United States is the epicenter of end-time Bible prophecy. Mm. And so, you know, the world just changed overnight. And so that was that was his springboard into coming back into faith. Mm. And I had the privilege of studying the Bible with him. Um, not that I really needed to. He already knew. And, and you know, baptizing him and he recommitted his oh. life to the Lord. So. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, yeah, so we praise the Lord for that. And, yeah, now 2020, uh, a huge year i've got the front cover of time magazine here um, <laughs> we can yeah. always count on you yeah you can always count on it. well jesus said we ought to be aware of the signs of the times uh, <laughs> that's a good sure. magazine too yeah <laughs> yeah signs of the times it's been around since what 1880 something mm. something like that yeah so um that's a that's a christian magazine not to be confused with time magazine the, <laughs> the weekly news magazine anyway i, I subscribe to time um and I just find it fascinating. Their front covers are literally out of Bible prophecy. They probably don't recognize that or they don't know that. I believe God is the one who probably inspires mm. and orchestrates that to give us a wake-up call. Mm. But anyway, it had, um, it had 2020 on the front cover with a big red cross um, across <laughs> you know, 2020. Uh, you know, the hope and the prayer that it's well and truly behind us, the yeah. worst year ever. And it was an interesting article here by uh, the individual who wrote it. She's a, uh, she's a cinema, a cinema critic uh, or a film, I should say, a film critic. And uh, her name is Stephanie. And uh, this, this is how she started off this article, Our Awful Year. And she says this, and I found these words really fascinating. She says, there have been worse years in U.S. history and certainly worse years in world history. But most of us alive today have seen nothing like this one. Mm. You would True. need to be over 100 to remember the devastation of World War I and the 1918 flu pandemic. Or roughly 90 to have a sense of the economic deprivation wrought by the Great Depression. Mm. And in your 80s 
to retain any memory of World War II mm. and its horrors. Mm. Wow. And then she goes on and she says, the rest of us have had no training wheels for this. Mm. You know, we have no training wheels for it. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, it's true. We didn't have any training wheels for 2020, but do we have any training wheels for 2021? No. Uh, we, don't, we, don't, <laughs> we don't have any training wheels for 2021 and what 2021 will bring, do we? Yeah, hopefully 2020 provided some training wheels for some people to, <laughs> for what yeah. 2021 will hold. We don't have the training wheels, but we know the trainer. <laughs> oh, I like it, yes. <laughs> we have we, the Bible to guide us. We know the trainer. And it's interesting because, um, you know, the, the, the Bible... Um, and, and Bible prophecy in particular, it's like a light in a dark place. In fact, yes. if you could read that scripture, it's one of my favorite scriptures on Bible prophecy. It's in Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 19 to 21. So either of you, whichever one uh, sure. would like to read. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. I reckon this is a very powerful verse mm. when it comes to, you know, not just having training wheels on, but having our having our high beams on and knowing what's ahead and how we can prepare uh, spiritually in particular. So Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Wow. So what is Bible prophecy? It's like what? It's like it's a like light this, in the yeah. darkness. <laughs> like a light that shines in a dark place, even like the rising of the sun. Yeah, so absolutely. And, um, and, there's, and there's a lot of confusion in the world as to you know, what the future holds. Yeah. Um, Actually, over the holiday break, I got I was contacted by one of our listeners. Oh, were you? <laughs> she was a friend of mine I had spoken to yeah. for a while, and she might be listening now. But uh, yeah, she she had some questions about this year, and particularly asking about the vaccine. You know, mm-hmm. what should the Christian perspective on it be, and all of this. I said, I'll talk to Danny, and maybe we can talk about it on the radio. But it's good to know that even in dark times, and difficult times, and in stressful times, that God's word still speaks to us today. It has relevance to us. Today. Today. Indeed, indeed, and that and that is just such a such a blessing, and 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 it gives you so much um, peace, mm. peace mm. and assurance, and that's one thing we really don't have much of today: peace Absolutely. and assurance. And I think this passage, um, one really interesting thing to me is that it says the prophetic word of Scripture is confirmed. It's like a light that shines in a dark place. But then it says, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily that the world around us gets all better and flowery and that it's beautiful and bright. But when we have the faith in our hearts in the prophetic word of God, when we have the living word of God, Jesus Christ, dwelling in our hearts by faith, who is the light of the world, then even in the midst of the darkness around us, we can have peace. We can be sources of light. And then we can be sources of yeah, bright light and blessing to others who are struggling in the darkness of what may be happening. Amen. Yeah, it's interesting. Actually, our next song, our producer's um, chosen for us, is called Joy Is Not Cancelled. The mm. Collingsworth family are going to mm. sing. It's a beautiful song. It was written in light of COVID and what happened. But yeah, even in these difficult times, God's promises remain true. His light That's still right. shines. His hope is still there for us. He's still alive. Heaven isn't shut down. 
There's a lot to be it's thankful for. It's not in for. lockdown. Yeah. So, praise the Lord. The borders aren't locked <laughs> to yeah. heaven. They're open even more. And it's interesting, yeah, the morning star rises. The morning star in the book of Revelation is a, is a reference to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It is. So, you know, this is Jesus rising in our hearts. And, mm. um, yeah, we're, you know, we, we are so blessed that, you know, we can have joy mm. in the midst. And it's interesting, you know, we've just passed Christmas and the angels, when they sang, you know, peace on earth and goodwill to all men. Mm. And that's not the, only the message of Christmas. That's the message each and every day that's that right. Jesus wants us to hear and understand. And yeah, you mentioned the Collingsworth family and we're going to be listening to them in just a moment. I had the privilege of being introduced to them, you know, oh, in a major wow. way over hmm. Christmas. My sister, oh. she loves listening to them. She goes, Danny, you got to listen to this group. Um, they're just so talented and, and, and their music is just so inspiring. And so sit back, folk, as you listen to Joy is Not Cancelled from the Collingsworth family. Life is put on hold All our plans have cancelled Things have changed Nothing feels the same Disappointments, fear and doubt Go hand in hand And waves of worry threaten me Everywhere uncertainty But in the midst of chaos, in the midst of fear, there is something to remember. Yes, there is something we all need to hear. Joy is not cancelled. God's goodness, kindness, His grace isn't running low, and He has not changed. His power is still abundant, His mercies are still new. God's plans have not been cancelled. He's still in control And everything that matters still remains So when the trials and tests they come Darkness only hides the sun And you can't seem to find your way No light of day are some things we know for sure they never change they will endure no matter what things look like all around us so in the midst of chaos in the midst of all your fears there is something you should remember yes There is something we all need to hear. Joy is not cancelled. Peace still remains. 
God's goodness, kindness, His grace isn't running low, and He, He has not changed. His power is still abundant. His promises, they're all still true. God's plans have not been canceled. He's fully in control. And everything that matters still remains. Yes, everything that matters still. Thank you, Jesus. So thankful for those things that never change. If you're making a road trip up the coast, pop in just off the highway to New Sart Juice at 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. Grab yourself a fresh, healthy juice or smoothie and check out the op shop while you wait. And remember, every day is a fresh new start. Take my life and let it be consecrated.
Welcome back to Looking Up. You were listening to Jaden and Take My Life. Beautiful song. I love that song. And uh, want to welcome each and every one of you. If you joined us in the last little bit, great to have you on our very first program of Looking Up for 2021. Now, you may be wondering, Looking Up, that's a bit of a strange title for a radio program. What on earth is that all about? Yes, we need to look up and be positive and so on and so forth. But is there something more to looking up than just some being positive, Sharissa? It's a lot better than looking down. Oh, it certainly <laughs> and, is. Well, looking read. across at me. <laughs> no, but it's actually from the Bible. It's yeah, inspired sure. Inspired from the Bible, Luke twenty-one verses twenty-five to twenty-eight. It's the words of Jesus. If you have a Bible, you might find them in red. If it's a red letter edition, it says. He says, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up. And lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Wow, wonderful. So that is the place where we get our program name, looking Mm. up. Jesus in the context of the second coming, he says there's going to be a time when just before he returns, there'll be distress amongst the nations. There'll be perplexity. There'll be great fear. And we're experiencing all that. And Jesus says, at that time, look up because your redemption is drawing near. So that is why this radio program is called Looking Up, because the more and more chaos and confusion that we see taking place around us, be it in our lives, be it in society, wherever, we ought to look up because that means that Jesus' coming is drawing really, really near. Amen. I love what they say, you know. Fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith looks up. Mm, like, could you repeat that? that that's that's <laughs> a gem. That's a gem. I haven't yeah. heard that one. Fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith looks up. Wow, that's powerful. That's something for 2021 that we can all hold on to. 
That's a yeah. that, that's a gem, and you got that for no extra charge. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. That's why we bring Justin into the studio for gems I told like you that. He was special. Oh, he is very special. So the pressure's on. Yeah. Next time, Justin, you oh, need boy. to bring something again to the table. That's no, wonderful. Now, Justin, during the break, you were sharing with me um, some powerful words written more than a century ago by an inspired author by the name of Alan White, written in the book thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. Do you want to just share that with us? That was just so, so powerful. Yeah, gladly. I, it's been a blessing to me, these words, and so assuring when we look around us and we see all the, the calamity in the world and all the problems. It's um, from a book called Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, page 120, and it says, We are now standing on the threshold of great and solemn events. A crisis is before us, such as the world has never witnessed. And sweetly to us, as to the first disciples, comes the assurance that God's kingdom ruleth over all. The program of coming events is in the hand of our Maker. The majesty of heaven has the destiny of nations, as well as the concerns of His church, in His own charge. Wow. What a beautiful statement. What a beautiful assurance. You know, not only does God have the, uh, the concerns of his church in his own charge, but also the destiny of nations. Mm. God is overruling even the, the calamities and the disasters and the negative things that may happen. God is anything that's happened. It doesn't mean that God wanted it to, but it means that God is overruling and allowing and disallowing, not allowing other things that would have been far worse. Mm. And so what a beautiful assurance that God is uh, ruling overall. Absolutely. No, that, that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing. And uh, on this radio program, we, we talk about current events in the light of Bible prophecy because Jesus told us to watch, hmm. to watch and pray. And as we see these things, um, it gives us more confidence in Christ, in His Word, and that He is coming soon. That's and right. so that encourages us to keep looking up. You've got a scripture that I'd love, I'd love for you to share with us um, from... Yeah, from the book of Mark. Yeah, Mark 13, verse 32 says, and onward says, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. That is the exact day of Jesus' return. Verse 33, Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who's left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Wow. How many times does that word watch appear? Four wow. times. Four times. Yeah, that's right. So I mean, he's Jesus, not talking about watching TV. No, he's not talking <laughs> about binge, binging on Netflix, is he? <laughs> no. Um, probably a good time to start binging on the Word. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Or binge binging on the Bible. On, <laughs> binge on the Bible or look, you know, binge on looking up. Yeah. You know, we've got our previous <laughs> talking about that. You can binge on looking up because they are all our programs from last year. From when we first started in last year in May, I believe, uh, they're all on the website. Mm. And in case you're wondering um, how to get there, go to faithfm.com.au. Did I get that right? faithfm.com.au. Yes, go to the podcast section there and go to Looking Up and they are all there from the very first one all the way through to the end. So you can binge listen. 
<laughs> to looking up. And uh, yeah, we talked about a whole bunch of things last year that were going on. So we're going to continue that discussion in 2021. And uh, we're going to take a look at uh, Bible prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes. Now, uh, we're just going to take a look at some of the things that were very significant uh, last year. And then we're going to take a look specifically at what's been taking place um, in the last couple of weeks. We're only two weeks into the new year hmm. and there's just been so much taking place. For me, um, yeah, just the social instability last yeah. year, the, the social instability, not just in the United States, but around the world. Hmm. Um, due to COVID um, in, in a great sense, but outside of COVID, there's just so much, uh, so much division, political polarization. Um, there, is, there is animosity, there is ethnic tension, there is race tension and so on and so forth. And, and that really um, came, to, uh, came to a fore in a major way in 2020. So that, that tells me that the coming of Jesus is drawing near because Jesus talked about, you know, Nations, not only nations against nations, but he mm. talked about ethnic division that's as right. well in Matthew 24. That's so that's right. that's me. What about you, Sharissa? What really stands out for you from 2020 from a prophetic point of view? What's um, freshest in my mind right now is probably just looking at the power of big tech mm. and free speech, the impact that, well, the, the sway they're holding over free speech. I mean, to think that the president of the United States, we know, okay, he went a little bit far with his tweets, but to think that he was stopped. Some people say that, well, they have a right to stop the president, you know, from speaking because it's a privately owned, like Twitter belongs to Mr. Dorsey, whatever. But at the same time, it's just amazing to think that he would be silenced by some corporation like that. And not just that corporation, but a whole lot of corporations banded together to silence him and others. And yeah, you can really see how uh, public opinion and um, is shifting because of social media. And, you know, it's really interesting just thinking prophetically. Revelation 13 talks about how it will be those who dwell on the earth will set up an image mm. to the beast. So somehow they're all going to, uh, the people will push for things in a united way. And what will it be that will bring them together? Well, many things, but you can certainly see how media is, hmm. you know, conditioning thought and thinking yeah. at this time. Mm, very that true. is huge. Very true. And it's it's also very interesting to note that they haven't said, oh, well, we as a, as a corporation, the owner disagrees with what the president is saying and therefore we're deleting his account or we're suspending his account. They've actually said, oh, you know, it breaks uh, these and these laws. Like... Uh, similar to the the kind of replacement potential replacement for Twitter uh, that was rising was called Parler P A R L E R and Parler uh, Apple ended up deleting them from their app store. Wow! Then you have uh, Google deleted them from their app store because they said they they compromised the uh, things in their agreement. Now a lot of uh, political conservatives were going over to Parler. But then Parler just got smashed and they could have come back from that somehow. But Amazon ended up pulling their server services <laughs> to them. And so they had no way of exit. Now they filed a lawsuit and they'll eventually be back, they say. But the very things that they said Parler was guilty of, people on Parler, just like people on Twitter say things that Twitter doesn't agree with. Some people were saying things and they said, oh, well, that was inciting the mob in Capitol Hill. Therefore, you've broken terms of agreement and we're axing your app, Parler. Um, but Twitter has people like uh, the Ayatollah from Iran and Xi Jinping from China that are talking about, uh, you know, basically eugenociding the, the Uyghur population there. 
and um, uh, not Castro, but uh, what's his name in Venezuela? We have uh, Maduro. Uh, yeah, Nick Maduro, who is there in Venezuela. And these guys are basically, uh, they're basically on Twitter posting stuff that's violent, that's inciting violence and all of this, but they don't get their uh, details removed. Um, I mean, they don't get their accounts suspended or anything, but Parler gets the axe for uh, the same. And you have BLM and Antifa that have organized riots that went violent. People lost their lives on Twitter, on Facebook, and yet they didn't suspend those accounts. However, Parler, oh, yeah, because it could incite violence, we're going to axe your account. So it's really uh, imbalanced and uh, really you know, not a fair uh, measure of things. But Sharissa, you look like you were going to say something. I just want to slip in something just following your train of thought. And this is fresh from today's news. And that is that the that I was listening in the news today and they're saying that people that voted for the for Trump by the left are being labeled as terrorists. Yeah. They were yeah. they were comparing the mob on Capitol Hill, not just the mob, but the, the peaceful protest outside the Capitol building that was peaceful, uh, or you know, that part of it at least, that portion of it. They said that these people were like Al Qaeda, ISIS Basically, they're saying now that there should be a 9-11-like commission that goes and uh, treats these people like terrorists. But Antifa and BLM that had these riots throughout America's summer this past year, uh, those leaders aren't being um, treated in the same way. And so it seems very two-faced and strange that, that this be, um, yeah, be said even. It is very interesting, and um, one of the one of the beauties of freedom of speech is that you have a right to be wrong, um, mm. and the difference of opinion. And uh, there's 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 a lot of talk now. We don't have time right now, but I'm sure we're going to tap into uh, the situation there in Victoria. This uh, this mm. anti-conversion or suppression. Um, legislation yeah. that in a couple of weeks will be brought to the the house, um, the upper house, and so we need to do a lot of praying about that. And I think probably next week we'll we'll probably specifically look at that because that's a very important matter um, that we really need to bring before the Lord in prayer. But it seems to me that um, yeah, the the freedom to speak is is not only being suppressed, um, but now. Now there are serious consequences for those that are willing to venture into that which is not seen mm. as 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 the way it needs to be by the majority. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it's really really fascinating. Now, um, anything else, Justin, from from your end? Uh, I was just going to say it, it was interesting early on in 2020 to see the link that certain individuals made between COVID and climate change. Uh, I believe the Pope was one of those people, as a matter of fact, who suggested, and, and if memory serves me right, it's been a few months since I've read the quote, but he didn't say it's absolutely the reason for, but he said it may be that Mother Nature, COVID is Mother Nature's way of, of revenge for the damage that we've done to the planet. Mm. And um, yeah, suggesting that is uh, it's a very significant connection that uh, that was made there, not just by him, but by others as well. And so I think that um, this year we've seen the, the push for uh, climate change and laws in regards to that and unity in regards to that just strengthen. And, you know, as Bible-believing Christians, we fully believe in taking care of the environment. Mm. I mean, God gave Adam and Eve the Garden of Eden and the earth to take care of, not right. in order for it to be damaged and to raise animals, to just slaughter them and kill them for your own appetite and damage the earth by 
you know, drilling oil wells all over and all of this. Um, however, when climate change is pushed in such a way as to uh, as to go beyond practical care for the environment, but when it has political agendas, and uh, that's where it becomes very concerning. And um, anyway, it was interesting that that ended up happening with COVID. That connection happened this past year. And we can probably see a continual link between natural disasters, including diseases and climate change in the future. Indeed. And we're going to see how, how this is all linked and leading up to the religious, um, the religious issue and the war that will take place at the end. So there's so much more to share on that. But we don't have um, time right now, but we will explore that in the meantime. I want to encourage you to sit back and listen to Mark Miller. My faith has found a resting place and then we'll be back with you to continue. My faith has found a resting place Not in device or creed I trust the ever-living one His wounds for me shall bleed I need no other argument I need no other plea It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me Enough for me that Jesus saves this ends my fear and doubt A sinful soul I come to Him He'll never cast me Looking up, you were listening to My Faith Has Found a Resting Place. Beautiful song. And uh, we've been taking a look at this incredible year that 2020 was. 
and we briefly looked at some of the some of the high points of of the challenges that that came our way from a biblical prophetic point of view and there is just so much more and you may be thinking wow how how can you try and cover that even in summary form in just a few short minutes and uh, we're not able to I do want to encourage you to go to our podcast from last year where we unpacked a lot of the things that were taking place Go to faithfm.com.au, go to the podcast section there and looking up, you have all the programs from last year that will fill you in. And in particular, the book of Revelation and the three angels' messages, God's final message of love to the world is what our theme was for last year. This year, we are moving into the book of Daniel. I'm really excited about this book. Um, it's so relevant, so important. And in fact, Sharissa, during the break, you were sharing uh, with Justin and myself that the the book of Daniel begins with, with a siege. It does. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to share a little more on that? Well, just chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The capital city of Israel. Yeah, and so right from the very beginning, like from verse 1, it appears at the beginning of the book that evil is going to triumph. But as we keep reading, we see in verse 2, it says, And the Lord gave, so really... Um, as Justin read that beautiful quote before, that God is still in charge. He is sovereign over all. The world may look like it's going into chaos, but God is still in control, and he's definitely in control in the book of Daniel. Amen. Amen. And, it's, and it's interesting that um, not so long ago there was a siege in your part of the world, uh, <laughs> you know, where there was a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion, mm. um, I yeah, guess unprecedented right. Events took place there in in the capital. Yeah, the capital building. Uh, terrible, terrible. These people breaking into the capital and um, capital police uh, evidently overwhelmed. That's what they said. They were just overwhelmed with the number. Um, some strange, strange things. You know, I mean, it's got to be one of the most secured buildings in the world, especially on that day. I would imagine. Well, you so think it was, so? As soon as um, Sharissa read the headline, I said, "What? That's not possible." You know, for this unorganized mob to just kind of break into the Capitol building. And when you see how highly sophisticated their <laughs> military equipment was, yeah. with the horns and the, <laughs> like it's, it's pretty. It crazy. looks like something out of out of out of, out the, of a movie. Uh, out of a movie, I couldn't believe it. And yeah, look, I think the book of Daniel. Mm. Uh, the book of Daniel it begins with uh, Jerusalem besieged, and this is King Nebuchadnezzar. And he is on a conquest uh, to conquer the then known world. He's taking over from his father. And we find that he is going to Jerusalem. He's in Jerusalem. And this is the first siege mm -hmm. of Jerusalem. This is actually when Daniel and his friends were taken. And we, yeah. we have a date for that, 605 BC. Okay. So 605 BC is when this is taking place. So there was a lot of chaos and confusion mm. in Jerusalem. Yeah. And the parallels pretty much stop at the <laughs> at the besieging, you know, that took place. Uh, this was very different. One of the most powerful or the most powerful kingdom on the planet at the time, um, Nebuchadnezzar leading the way of Babylon and the armies of Babylon into Jerusalem. And uh, that would have just been a tragic experience for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whose names originally are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, of course. Uh, that were changed in Babylon, but um, yeah, what a what a traumatic experience where many people would have lost their lives. 
uh, and where Daniel, probably 16 or maybe 17 years old, mm. these four there, young yeah. men, somewhere around there, these young men covenanted with God that they would be faithful to him no matter the cost in this pagan lands that they were being taken to. Mm. They were teenagers. They, yeah. they, were, they were like your Gen Z today. Yeah. I'm really glad that we are studying the book of Daniel in this show, especially this year, because this is a book that really helps us to get through tough times because Daniel is a young person, as you've just said, who had a really tough time. And if he managed and was able to purpose in his heart to trust God in that time, then this book will inspire us to trust God in this time. Yeah, it really right. is a book for today, isn't it? it? Is. Um, for those who are living in a time when we read that earlier from Luke 21, where Jesus said, you know, there's going to be fear, there's going to be perplexity, um, there, there's going to be anxiety at the end of time. And we've been seeing that and we'll see more of that, that this book helps us to put our faith and trust in God, knowing Absolutely. that he's in control of not only this world and the events, but in control of our lives and ultimately he he will see us through to the very end. Mm, that's, that's right. It's very powerful. Sharissa, do you want to keep reading? So you've read um, verse 1 and verse 2. I think we're up to verse 3 now. All right. I'll just finish verse 2. Oh, so, yeah, sure. The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Okay, wow. So, so these were the cream of the crop, mm -hmm. we would say today. Uh, Daniel and his friends, it appears they're from the nobility. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's right. And so these were well-educated um, young, young men, um, not only educated well from, uh, from, a, from an everyday education point of view, but we understand as we go through the scripture, they were educated in the scriptures. That's mm. right. So, and that's what really carried them through was their knowledge of God's word and their commitment to God and their connection with God. Mm, absolutely. Do you want to keep reading, Sharissa? And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that the end of that time they might serve before the king. All right. Wow. Three <laughs> years. So this is, I guess, like a university degree. It is, to re-educate them. Mm. That sounds like what's been taking place in our world, mm. I would say, since World War II. I've said this before on the program. Um, I'll say it again. But we have been re-educated and are being re-educated mm. uh, through, through the advent of um, the media, mm. um, you know, with, with television in particular, with mm -hmm. television in particular, re-education went to another level. It's true. Uh, before then, you had the radio and before then we had, you know, the printed page. Mm -hmm. But since uh, television came to town and now social media, we have been in the process of being re-educated. Mm -hmm. Very true. So what's interesting is in the next two verses, verses six and seven, it says that these four, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, um, not only were they made eunuchs, uh, which would have been a terrible experience, but 
they were given Babylonian names. Mm -hmm. And a name in the Bible, your name was connected with your character. That's why we see when people had a change of character, God often changed their name. Like Abram Abram to Abraham, Mm -hmm. Jacob to Israel, Paul or Saul was changed to Paul, uh, and so forth. And yet, though these guys are having their name changed, and their original names, um, Daniel means God is judge, Hananiah, uh, Mishael, and Azariah, those all have the A-H on the end of it, Aya, that's, that's connected to God or Yahweh, the one true God. I have right? the names written. Oh, you have the meanings. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So Daniel means God is my judge. Hananiah means the Lord is gracious unto me. Mishael, God-like. And Azariah means the Lord is my helper. Yeah. And so their names were actually changed to these Babylonian names that were connected to the Babylonian gods. And this is kind of like what the devil wants to do with followers of God. He wants us to be so shaped and re-educated by the ways of this world that our very characters, maybe not our name that we go by, but our very characters are changed and affected uh, to be like uh, the gods of this world, so to speak. Mm. But if we're faithful to God like these four were, uh, that need not uh, need not happen. Well, so... so Although they could not do anything about uh, their names being changed, that was on the outward, they ensured that the inside was not changed. That's right. Mm. And uh, you're talking about character, and it's all about character mm. mm-hmm. at the end of time. I think of, um, I think of 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. There, there John says, you know, do not be conformed to the world, mm. uh, but be, you know, but be transformed. transformed. Um, so, you know, and it talks there about, you know, the, the, the world and the love of the world, you know, the things of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. It says those things are passing away, but those who seek to do the will of the Lord, they remain forever. That's right. And it's interesting that Jesus, he came along and he said, you know, the prince of this world, he has nothing in me. Mm, that's nothing right. in me. Powerful. Amen. Yeah. So although we are in the world, but God challenges his people those who claim to be followers of jesus not to be part of this world not to embrace Mm. the philosophies and the education and i mean not not education and is in the way we may understand education but i'm talking about the the worldly ways um, those ways that are not consistent and in harmony with god's principles that are principles of his kingdom amen yeah very proud anything else you want to share on that before we before we continue on Nah, let's move on. Okay. So verse 8. You're doing a good job, Sharissa. (laughs) You can be our reader for this afternoon. Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Wow. That for me mm. is the key verse. It is. Yep. I believe this is the key verse in, in well, maybe not the key verse in the entire uh, book of Daniel, but I believe the foundational scripture that, that, that really sets the tone for everything that uh, we will see mm. when it comes to how Daniel responds in difficult circumstances, in times of crisis. Yes. Purposed yep. in his heart. That's right. Yeah. What does it mean when he purposed? It means he decided. He decided. Uh, yeah. And the choices that we make, I think this, as you said, this, these, the choices that we make really do determine our destiny. And it sometimes may not seem like a major choice at the time, but all those little choices, they do determine. Mm. Yeah. Destiny, and this just, 
Absolutely. And this just goes to show that uh, we never need to compromise on points of principle. You know, other people in, in Daniel's case and, and the three Hebrew boys, his friends, they maybe have been tempted to say, ah, well, you know, and people say sometimes today, when it comes to them taking a stand for not working on God's seventh-day Sabbath or not uh, any longer drinking at family functions or whatever it is as they're giving their their heart and their life to the Lord, uh, sometimes people are tempted to say, ah, well, you know, God understands. Like, He knows. He understands. It's fine. Like, it doesn't matter to Him. But really, those are tests and opportunities for us to exercise faith mm. and to purpose in our hearts, to decide in our hearts who we're going to serve, whose our life is. And um, rather than justifying sin and compromising on small things, God wants to see us faithful and to see how he's going to lead in a miraculous way, which is exactly what he did with Daniel and uh, these three. three so, so what's the big deal? Why is Daniel like literally putting his his life on the line. I mean, to to go against you know, a clear command from the king or to refuse the king's food, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're, they've been given these privileges by the king of Babylon to be educated in his Babylonian university, to be given these privileges to serve as part of his administration. Um, they're giving these privileges and now Daniel and his friends are refusing the food and in the ancient culture of the time mm. to refuse food was considered an insult, yeah, a great right. insult. Now, why would Daniel potentially put his life on the line? What, what was the big deal of not drinking and not eating the, the food and the drink from the king? What was at stake? A lot was at stake. I don't know if I'm going to get what you're driving at here, but just thought just comes to my like mind. From a Jewish perspective, like from, from mm. his faith in God, how did this impact his faith in God? Like the food. Yeah. Well, one aspect is the Bible says, and this was in Daniel's religious upbringing, that the Word of God teaches that our bodies are the temple of God. So putting alcohol in them, eating Mm, meat that was unclean, uh, this was the... The thing that, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar was, uh, his table would have been filled with probably prawns and pork and, and camel and who knows what other animals that God had said, hey, that stuff is unclean, meaning it's bad for you physically, so don't eat it because it carries diseases, etc. And so for them to step out and say, you know, our eternal life matters more than our temporal life. We're willing to even risk our lives to say, uh, we're not going to live in this way because, hey, if Nebuchadnezzar kills us, death is just asleep. He'll tuck us in for a long nap and Jesus will resurrect us when he comes again and we'll live eternally with him. But um, they also believed that God was able to work a miracle and to make them wiser and stronger uh, than their fellow wise men, these other young men, uh, if they would just be given 10 days, as we're going to see in a little bit. Yeah, so we're going to continue with this story, um, this powerful story that sets the tone for the whole book of Daniel after this next song. And we're going to be listening to the Lesser Light Collective, Boys in Babylon. So it's all about these (laughs) boys of faith. Sit back and enjoy. Daniel, Daniel, what's cool? 
I serve God in Babylon. Daniel, Daniel, you fool. We serve God in Babylon. All the boys in Babylon and none were playing hooky. Ashpenaz chose them because they were all good looking. All of them remembering their mother's good cooking as, as they, they thought, thought about, about the food and wine the Babylonians, Babylonians ate. Daniel made his mind up he would not defile his body. Seeking out permission from the chief who thought it odd. He said I could lose my head but Daniel said then you can watch me. And, and he, he asked for ten days with only veggies on his plate. Trial soon over and they made evaluation. Daniel and his band would represent the Hebrew nation. Judges all agreed they made a finer presentation. They, they were handsomer and smarter than the other the boys at school think about the story now and let it be a learning you think rejections come and yet it's true respect your earning but ultimately favor of our god the greatest yearning and, and hearing his well done who really cares about what's cool what's cool i serve god in babylon serve God in the Babylon. Daniel, Daniel, what's cool? I serve God in Babylon. Daniel, Daniel, you fool. We serve God in Babylon. Well, I hope you will be serving God wherever you may live as we prepare for the soon return of Jesus. So we've been going through the book of Daniel. We are starting today is our first day as we journey through this book, and we are in chapter 1. We're going to be going verse by verse through the entire book, um, through the coming weeks and months, learning valuable lessons. So there's going to be lessons from, from the stories in the book of Daniel. Many of them are familiar to, to many people, most Christians, and we're going to be looking at some of the prophecies of the book of Daniel because the book of Daniel really is divided up into, into two major sections, you could mm, say. That's right. uh, there's the narrative, the stories, Daniel in the lion's den, and uh, this story here is one of them, and then we have the prophetic section, the visions of Daniel uh, that also make up the second half of the book. And so we're going to be discovering the key theme in the book of Daniel, which is Daniel's faithfulness and God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. You know, God's faithfulness and, and how Daniel responds. So we've been looking at uh, the first few verses. We looked at verse 8, where Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself by the food or the drink of the Babylonian king that he offered them. And we've discovered that one of the reasons why Daniel and his friends would not partake of the food or the drink was that it would have been most likely unclean. Uh, but also it would not have necessarily been prepared in the way that mm. uh, a Jew would be able to partake of that food. That's so right. if you read the Old Testament, uh, the meat that was eaten needed to be drained of all blood and all the fat taken That's away. Right. Today we call that kosher, mm. kosher meat. As well, a third reason would have been most likely the meat would have been offered to the idols, mm -hmm. uh, the Babylonian idols. And so by partaking of the food, you are partaking of the religious worship associated with those idols. So you are right. bowing down and you are worshiping those idols. So uh, there might be other reasons, but they're kind of three, three major reasons that I understand. Yeah, I think as we go through this study in this book, we're going to see a few connecting points with the book of Revelation. Mm. And just thinking here, you know, in the second angel's message, 
You know, in Revelation 14, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of Mm. her fornication. And here it's kind of a little reminder to us that at the end of time, there will be a people who will reject the wine of Babylon as well, just like Daniel did in this chapter. Yeah, that's fascinating. And uh, it's a good point that you bring out, Sharissa, because we've mentioned this in the past on a number of occasions, but the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation, they go hand in hand. They're like a hand in a glove, aren't they? They're Mm. twins. Mm. Uh, One's Mm -hmm. the apocalyptic book of the Old Testament. The other one's the apocalyptic book of the New Testament. And and I find it fascinating. You mentioned, you know, the, the three angels message there in Revelation 14. And I was preaching uh, on this just this past uh, Sabbath at my church. And I was taking a look at uh, the importance of uh, putting your faith and trust in God, building on God's word, being true and faithful to his word. And it speaks of God's end time people in Revelation 14 verses 1 to 5. It says, you know, it speaks of them as the 144,000 and it describes them as those who follow the lamb wherever he goes. And it also says that they were not defiled. This is verse 5, chapter 14, verse 5. And it says, and in their mouth was found no deceit for they are without fault before the throne of God. Mm. Um, There is no deceit. There is no defilement. They are they are not defiled. And in a previous verse, in verse 4, it says, these are the ones who were not defiled with women. Now, that's in a spiritual sense. Uh, so they remain true and pure. So the Daniel of 2,600 years ago will be replicated by God's people. They will be the Daniel at the end of time who likewise will not be defiled. Well, They will choose not to be defiled. Amen. Because right. they know that God is their judge. That's right. That's what Daniel means. That's God right. is my judge. And, and, and it's interesting, according to um, one prominent commentator, uh, I've got his book on Daniel's Dravko Stefanovic. I don't know if yeah. you guys have got that commentary on the book of Daniel. It's a fantastic commentary. And uh, he's, he's done his PhD in the, the study on the book of Daniel, and he suggests that uh, the theme of judgment is really the central theme That's right, yeah. in the entire book. And Daniel's name, God is my judge, mm. is, is just that. And the judgment hour message is the central message in the book of Revelation. Mm. Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. And, and Laodicea. Yeah, and Laodicea. People, 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 judgment. people who are judged. Yeah, mm. so... Um, and, and just to mention really quick, mm. you know, David prays, uh, he says, judge me, O God. And so to those who are in Christ, to those who have given their lives to God, the judgment is good news. Mm. Yeah, It is good news. And the way I understand judgment is God giving to each person what they have asked for. Mm. You know, God simply gives to each person because he is a just judge. Yeah. And so he, he will give to you what you have asked for. And if you've asked for Jesus, mm. he'll give you Jesus. And um, along with Jesus comes eternal life. For those True. who have the Son, have life, uh, according, to, according to the Scriptures. So, yeah, that's a big challenge, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To remain pure and true and faithful to the end. Well, do you want to keep reading for us, Sharissa? All right. We're in verse 9, I think. Yes. Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. All right. Let's just pause there. Um, what, what What pops out 
for you in these scriptures? I'll, I'll start off with what pops out for me in case you pick up on mine. And mm-hmm. then I've got to think <laughs> of what else pops out. There's probably a lot. But here I, I, find, it, I, I find it fascinating and, and very encouraging that it says, God had brought Daniel into favor and goodwill mm-hmm. with the chief of the eunuchs. So it is, it is the one that they put their faith and trust in God that brings Daniel into good favor. Obviously, Daniel was, I, I believe Daniel was a very respectful young man. Uh, and, uh, and I believe that, you know, the, the chief of the eunuchs would have seen him in a very positive way, even so. But it does seem to suggest that God, he, God is working in Daniel's life. Daniel has chosen to be faithful to God, not to defile himself. Mm-hmm. And God is now responding uh, to Daniel's faithfulness and impressing upon the chief of the eunuchs uh, to to see Daniel in a favorable way. Amen. Yeah, God was paving the way. Mm. Indeed. <laughs> I think the standouts were still coming for me in the next verses. All right, press on, press on. <laughs> so Daniel said to the steward who whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days, and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you, and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies, and as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days. All right, okay, I know you're dying to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to unpack this, give us oh, some. It's not too much that I have here, but it's just a very simple diet that he asks for, isn't yeah. it? It's actually the diet of uh, of Eden, really. Vegetables. Danny, <laughs> I can see it. We're going to be eating nothing but salads for the next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> a plant-based diet. Yeah. But the evidence is out there now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, that a plant-based, plant-based diet. is the way to go. Yeah, it's the way yeah. to go. I mean, from an environmental point of view. It's oh, a yeah. great way to go. They say the greatest way to reduce your footprint, your carbon footprint, is to go vegan. Mm. And then recently there was a uh, the documentary called Game Changers, where a lot of weightlifters, including Arnold Schwarzenegger, talk all about how, uh, and Patrick Baboumian, who's the, the strongest man in the world, these guys are all saying, and many other athletes saying, hey, a plant-based diet actually gives you a more accessible type of protein for your body to turn it into muscle. Wow. Wow. And wow. I guess there's also the blue zones too, where people live longest in these areas that people have this kind of a diet also. Mm. And it's not just this, but it's exercise and rest and sunshine and fresh air and water. And That's right. Trust in God. I, and I, that, I, sorry, oh, go ahead. No, no, go, go Justin. Oh, I was going to say that last point. You said trust in God. I think that's what stood out to me from the last section and this one. Here you have the chief of the eunuchs, uh, Ashpenaz, who's here. And he says, I fear the Lord, my king. That's verse 10. He's afraid of the king, and he looks at what is the logical conclusion of what will happen, right? So he's afraid, and he looks at what he thinks will happen based on the natural laws that he's seen in place. And that is, the king's going to see your faces looking worse, and then my head is going to be off, right, by the king. But Daniel actually says, please, test your servants 10 days, give us water and vegetables to eat, and uh, let us be examined before you. So here Daniel says, hey... Step out in faith, and uh, we have faith that God can do this. And he inspires faith in Ashpenaz because it says in verse 14, he consented to them in this matter. So not only did Daniel choose faith over fear, but his faith actually led this man, Ashpenaz, to have faith instead of fear as well. Faith in the king of kings instead of fear of the king of Babylon. Mm. Amen. 
And that's uh, and that's a theme all the way through mm. the book of Daniel. You know, faith mm. over over fear. That's right. I find it fascinating that. In the book of Daniel, food and drink, uh, diet, is the very first test. Mm. In the Garden mm. of Eden, mm. the very first wow. test was food. Wow. Good point. Um, Good point. Yeah. In the wilderness, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, the very first Turn these test into was bread. food. Exactly. Turn the stones mm. into bread. And so we have Daniel here putting his faith and trust in God in matters of food and drink. And today... Uh, there is, there is so much pressure on people when it comes to food and drink. Mm. So much pressure. Very true. Um, it's very much part of our social um, lives, you know, drinking in particular um, and eating is, is just part of everyday life. Obviously, we eat two, three times a meal, or two, two, three meals a, a day. Some people eat a whole heap more. But it's interesting <laughs> that... Um, that that which God designed to be a blessing to us, the enemy has taken his hijacked and and he wants it to be detrimental to our health and well-being and in particular to impact our minds because God God speaks to us through our minds. And it's fascinating to me that on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, he mm. was offered this concoction, this painkiller concoction that had sure. alcohol and, and all sorts of stuff and like a drug to sort of numb the pain to some yeah. degree. And the Bible says Jesus refused it. That's right. Because he didn't want his mind to be clouded even even one little bit mm. because salvation was at stake, the world's salvation. So it's I see powerful. this I see this as very significant. Yeah. And I guess too it highlights the battle in the great controversies for our hearts or our mm. minds and how how carefully we need to guard them, as you say too, because that's also how God communicates with us through our minds and Daniel really recognizes that important connection. Mm, that's right. Revelation chapter 7, you know, Daniel's prophetic twin, Revelation in chapter 7, it talks about how the servants of God are sealed in their foreheads. Mm. And right behind your forehead is your frontal lobe, which scientists call the seat of morality, spirituality, and the will. And I think we may have touched on this a few weeks yeah, ago. We have, yeah. uh, but really, alcohol uh, suppresses the blood flow to the frontal lobe of the brain. It directly affects it. By the way, interestingly enough, so does caffeine. Uh, once it enters the body, um, an NPR radio interview a couple years back, more than actually a decade ago now in America, my uncle was telling me as he listened, he said, it was really interesting. He said, they say one sip of coffee and that caffeine will sit in your frontal lobe for up to two weeks. Wow. And um, just a sip of coffee. And so, uh, you know, we're not saying that if you drink coffee, you're automatically going to be lost or not receive the seal of God. But we want to do everything that we can for our minds to be clear so that we can hear from God. We can be committed to God. We can be surrendered to him. And like you pointed out, uh, Danny, like Jesus, we can deny anything that will compromise that connection with God so that we can be sealed uh, by the Holy Spirit, and our minds can be like the like God Himself. Yeah, sure is. Amen. I just this this television ad comes to mind. I don't even remember what it's about, but it's this jingle that says, "I don't care," and it's KFC, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like in a world where we're it's all the time being it's, encouraged towards. I don't towards, care. I like it. Yeah, That's the word. I don't care. I like it. It's, it's bad for me, but I like it. Mm. In a world where we're always being encouraged to violate the laws of health, it's really encouraging to know that God honors those who yes. make choices to honor Him in their health. Absolutely. Amen. And, and um, yeah, we live in a world where, you know, the slogan of Nike reigns, if it feels good, do it. Just um, do it. <laughs> just do it. So, yeah, but God is saying, don't go on your feelings. 
Go by the word of God. Put your faith in the word of God. And Jesus said, not by what I say or what I think, but it is written. It Mm. is written. It is written. And that's the only way we're going to get through uh, these final climactic moments that are on the horizon um, that will usher in the coming of Jesus. It's not going to be by how we feel, by what others think, by what's popular out there, but it'll be simply based on the Word of God and what God says. So uh, we want to encourage you to put your faith and trust in Jesus as Daniel and his friends did, and God will bless you. God will bring you into favor with himself and with those that are seeking and searching. I'm Robbie Bergen, and I'm inviting you to tune into my brand new show right here on Faith FM, The Faith Experiment. Join me as I share with you my personal experiment with faith and how September 11, 2001 helped shape my worldview. I've got great giveaways, so join me on Mondays right after the breakfast show right here on Faith FM. Welcome back to Looking Up, and we are in the final leg of our packed program for this afternoon, this first program of 2021, and um, we've taken a look at current events and uh, Bible prophecy, and we've done a little bit of year in review, and now we are started, we've started the journey through the book of Daniel, and we're in Daniel chapter 1. So we are taking a look at this book because this book is so relevant to those who are living on the eve of the coming of Jesus. And we're looking at different lessons that we can pull out from this story that apply to us today. Now, Sharissa and Justin, before we went to the news and before we went to the break, we discovered that that Daniel put his faith and trust in God. Uh, he feared God rather than man. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Whereas whereas the the eunuch, sorry, the chief of the eunuchs, he feared the king of Babylon mm-hmm. rather than God. But we've discovered that Daniel was willing to he was willing to put his life on the line right from the word go as a sixteen seventeen year old mm-hmm. um, in order to be faithful to God in order not to defile himself. He was going to fear God and give glory to Him. That sounds like the first angel's <laughs> message, Charissa. Just thought I'd slip it in there. <laughs> and so, and so, as as Charissa has pointed out, and as we have pointed out in the past, uh, the themes in Daniel and and Revelation go hand in hand, and all the stories in Daniel—they're not just fun bedtime stories that we tell our children or that we read for ourselves, but these are all. End time stories, they all have end time lessons and end time implications, every single one of them, as we'll discover. So we now want to continue this uh, story. And where were we up to? We were up to verse 15. So Daniel chapter 1 and verse 15, if you've got a Bible with you and you want to follow along with us, you're most welcome to. We are in verse 15. So Sharissa, you've been doing a fantastic job reading. You are just a super duper reader. So you want to continue on with verse 15. And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Wow, there you go. We (laughs) talked about that plant-based diet that today is uh, becoming more and more popular as the evidence for a plant-based diet grows. Uh, as the best way to live, not mm-hmm. only health-wise, but as you pointed out, Justin, you know, our, our environmental impact, our footprint will be lessened by some 70, 80 percent right. um, if we refrain from using animal products. Yeah. Now, 10 days, I mean, can there be a transformation in 10 days? 
Well, if the Bible says it, that's very possible. You know, Jenny Craig, I saw an ad today on television. <laughs> Jenny Craig. We, we, you're talking about KFC. Now about Jenny Craig. This All happens right, to carry be on. one day I've watched a bit of TV. Okay. <laughs> one month. They reckon you can have changes in one month wow. if you join oh. Jenny Craig. But according to this, you know, you follow God's diet, 10 days, you'll see a difference. Well, I think I think God has a lot more influence and power than Jenny Craig. <laughs> so if she Amen. could do that in a month, God could do that in 30 minutes. Well, you know, we did a juice fast <laughs> a week before last. And I tell you, it was only two days, but we felt fresh totally different. Yeah, fresh juice fast. And we had like pureed mangoes, fresh pureed mangoes once as well. And banana and another drink. So there were a few smoothies thrown in there to get us through. But uh, I tell you, we felt so good after those two days. And we, we went back to eating regular food and we ate our first meal. I could only actually eat half of it because my stomach wasn't used to a full mm. meal again. And um, at the end of it, you know, I went over and got a piece of fruit because I just felt like something fresh. And Sharissa was like, I feel like juice. <laughs> I said, me too. <laughs> It's kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, these guys, in 10 days, there was obviously a noticeable difference. And I think that they didn't just sit back and eat and drink, eat vegetables and, and drink their water. They obviously were working out as well. I mean, I think they'd probably have been working out, you know? Hey, let's build and put on as much uh, you know muscle as we can. Whatever it took, they were doing, they were praying that God would uh, work a miracle in, in their health. And they were also, no doubt, getting their fresh air, their sunlight, their exercise, and all of these things as well that God's given us for well, our health. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of health and well-being because it's made a huge difference in my life. Like this year, I'm coming up to a half a century. And I, yeah, yeah really. <laughs> but, um, but, what, but what's amazing, uh, I've, I've, I've generally, you know, I've been plant-based for, for the last 10, 15, maybe 20 years or so, uh, predominantly plant-based. And I have discovered my energy levels uh, yeah. are just uh, so high. And, uh, you know, so I do some pretty intense aerobic activity and mountain bike and so forth and so on. Uh, play tennis. And, you mm. know, just on Sunday, I was able to somehow manage five and a half hours of tennis wow. nonstop, wow. you know, with different individuals. And, yeah, my legs were pretty sore at the end <laughs> of it, no doubt. But there's no way... I would be able to do that if I wasn't taking care of my health. Mm. And I've noticed that, um, yeah, just a plant-based diet gives you energy and also it gives you stamina, mm. you know. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a person who can testify from personal experience what a difference it's made in my life. Sure is so. Just interesting, on verse 16, it says, the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine. In other words, we can only move forward when what is negative and bad for us is taken away. Mm. Well, <laughs> what's interesting is, um, yes, it, I think that that's right after they've already done, it's the end of their 10 days. Mm -hmm. He sees how Daniel and uh, the other three boys look healthier. They are healthier. They're wiser. And then he takes away the portion of the delicacies and wine from the other wise men. Isn't that correct? Is he taking it away from them? Am I reading that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he took away their portion of delicacies and wine that were to drink and gave them vegetables. 
Mm. And for these young four, <laughs> four young men. I'm just throwing a spanner in the works, but I wrote that note in my Bible. <laughs> no, no, no. You may be right. But, I mean, it may be that he took away the portion that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were supposed to be mm. given every day. That's how I understand. Okay. All right. Yes, I think I, I mixed that <laughs> well, up. Well, never mind passage. that point. <laughs> no, no. You were right. You were right. I think it was me that uh, that mixed that up. But, yeah, they he, he took away their the portion of their delicacies, their wine. Um, and, yeah, that's a powerful point that it's when... We surrender to God, step step out in faith. That it may be that thing that was a temptation to us, even though it wasn't a temptation to them at this point. Like it may be that God takes that thing away because we've stepped out in yeah. faith, and yeah, what used to trip what us up, what yeah. used to trip us up, no longer will Absolutely. because we've been walking with the Lord. And I think what comes through mm-hmm. here, and we're going to read verse seventeen um, in just a moment, but it's the it's the connection between God working. And us cooperating with him. Yes. You know, I think it's really important that we cooperate with God. God has given us a will. He has given us a mind. He has given us abilities and strength. They all come from God. But God invites us to cooperate with him. And when we cooperate with God, uh, the sky's the limit. You know, God yeah. is able to do above and beyond what we can think or imagine when we cooperate with him. Do you want to continue reading verse 17, Sharissa? As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Wow, this is this is just. Uh, I mean, we could spend half an hour on just this yeah. text alone, but I find it fascinating that here they are. They've stepped out in faith, and now God adds to them, mm. you know, knowledge and wisdom and understanding, and Daniel in particular, understanding in all visions and dreams. I've been reading in my devotions. Um, I'm up to, well, I just finished King Solomon. Mm. And uh, King Solomon is asked by God, you know, what shall I give you? You know, anything. Mm. You know, what do you want? And King Solomon says, I want wisdom. If you will give me wisdom that I may know how to rule, you know, your people. I'm like a child. I don't know how to go in, go out. You know, he's very humble um, as he begins his reign. And the Bible says God not only gave him wisdom, but he gave him everything else. Mm. So when we ask for, you know, for God to be first and foremost in, in our lives, like Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these other things, he's talking about the temporal things that we need, will be added unto you. So Daniel purposes in his heart not to defile himself, and then God gives him Mm. all these other blessings Mm. that Daniel never asked for. But God gave them to him in order to glorify him. When we do what we can, God does what we can't. Amen. Mm. That's that's another good takeaway line. Thank you, (laughs) Sharissa. That's why we have you on this program. (laughs) Do you want to continue reading? Uh, Maybe if you want to read the rest and then we'll, we'll make comment from verse 18 all the way through to the end of the chapter. Now, at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Wow, so here we have Daniel asking to be tested for ten days, and at the end of that they are ten times wiser. They have 10 times more understanding, more wisdom, and so on and so forth. Now, I believe that this may not be 
speaking of 10 times, like that their scores were 10 times more than the others. But 10 in the Bible is uh, a number associated with completeness. Uh, and so we have, we have the message here that God, uh, in a complete sense, gives to Daniel uh, complete and full understanding so that when the king examined him, there was just no imperfections, mm. no imperfections. Yeah. They had knowledge and understanding in all things. This was a complete, uh, a complete perfect store, complete yeah. a- ATAR, if you want to call it that, 100% <laughs> on the ATAR. Yes. <laughs> there you go. And I think it's, uh, it's really powerful that it says, in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which they were examined, he found them 10 times wiser. Then it lists, it says, than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. You know, the magicians and the necromancers, they would have consulted pagan gods mm. and tried to communicate with the dead, even though we know the Bible says that's not possible. It would have been demons that they, were, they would be communicating with. It basically goes to show that God did this because you've got Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah worshiping the one true God. And you've got these other guys that are in connection with these pagan gods and trying to communicate with the dead and all of this in order to gain wisdom. And it shows that God is infinitely wiser than those who he has created. He is infinitely wiser than these other gods, the gods of the other nations. Mm. And it goes to, to really set it up that God is the one who knows the mysteries of the future and uh, the mysteries that he revealed to Daniel. And Daniel points that out. I know I may be jumping you know, ahead of us a little bit, but Daniel chapter 2, when he comes before the king, and um, yeah, I know you guys are going to talk about it next week, but he tells King Nebuchadnezzar, he asks, so what about all the wise men and the astrologers? Could they not tell you the meaning of your dream? And then he says, I cannot, no one can, but there is a God in heaven who knows. And Amen. Daniel's life was about glorifying God, pointing people to God. And eventually, as uh, you're going to be sharing throughout uh, Daniel and in Daniel chapter 4, ultimately, Nebuchadnezzar, this brutal pagan king, eventually gives his life to God and glorifies him as well. Yeah, through the witness and through the example of Daniel. And so all the way through this first chapter, we have uh, a phrase that appears over and over again, God gave, God gave. God gave. Mm. And so God is the one who gives and God is the one who is in control. He is the one who is sovereign. And Daniel chooses to cooperate with the sovereign God of the universe to Mm. put his complete faith and trust in him. And so, folk, as we come to the end of this study here in chapter one, there's so much more to to unpack and to learn. But today's message, today's take-home message is, like Daniel, you can put your faith and trust in God. Like Daniel, you can purpose through the power of Christ, through his Holy Spirit, you can purpose not to, not to defile yourself with the things of this world and the ways of this world, but instead to remain true and faithful to God. And God will have a people on planet Earth before Jesus comes that will, that will be completely faithful to him. Put him first yes. and foremost. And now my prayer and our prayer is that you will be part of that group. Amen. Sit back as we listen to one more song. She reacts. She reads truth. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father.
Great is thy faithfulness indeed. And that's what we've been looking at together this afternoon through Daniel chapter 1. The faithfulness of God to Daniel and Daniel's faithfulness to God and his friends in response. Mm. We've come to the end of our program. Justin, I want to thank you again for being here with us. You oh, are always a me. welcome guest. Loved it. And um, yeah, love your insights. I'm grateful for the opportunity to uh, yeah to spend this time with you guys. I really enjoyed thank it. Thank you so much. Now, Sharissa, what's our giveaway for today everybody's going to want this one it's called decoding bible prophecy this is for the first in caller or texter it's by ron cluzette Cluzet. Cluzet. i always get that wrong <laughs> and uh, basically in a book it's a book about you know how bible prophecy is so important for us the bible says amos 3 verse 7 surely the lord god does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants the prophets you will learn in this book principles of interpretation the meaning of the number of and number of, of many apocalyptic symbols and important hints regarding major time prophecies so first person to call 1-800-324-843 or 0491-064-669 will be the person to receive this book. Folk, just want to thank you so much for being here with us on this very first program of Looking Up for 2021. We've got an exciting year ahead, and that's because we are one year closer to the coming of Jesus. Amen. It's been a pleasure, a privilege to be with you, and I pray that God will bless you in a very special way throughout the course of this week and look forward to seeing you. No, look forward to being with you again next week, same time, same plus. And keep looking up. Bye for now. With a prayer, all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is always there for me.